Katie Wu from The Athletic. She covers the Cardinals for them. And we'll get out to the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider is hiring drivers right now. For more info, call them 844-PRIDE. Or go to schneiderjobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE. Go to schneiderjobs.com. Katie, how you doing today? Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, doing well. This series is obviously a huge one for both teams. What's the general feel around St. Louis and around the Cardinals organization heading into this series? Well, the Cardinals are coming off a rather disappointing series at Coors Field, though I can't remember a series that the Cardinals went to Denver and played well in. Uh, must be that altitude or something. They dropped two or three to the Rockies, but I thought what was really telling about those games, even with Miles Michaelis, the usual steady guy in the rotation, giving up a uh, 10 and runs on two and a third. Uh, Cardinals offense was abil- they had a unique ability to retaliate and bounce back uh, no matter what. And the final game of the three-game set yesterday, Cardinals bullpen gave up a sixth spot and the offense was able to score immediately right after. It ultimately didn't matter in the final score. But uh, to me, that's been a big key about the Cardinals after the trade deadline is they seem to be a little bit more rejuvenated. And you can see that in the way they respond offensively. So, of course, the series for Cardinals fans, disappointing. But I still think the overall atmosphere in the Cardinals clubhouse is pretty positive, pretty excited. This seems to be a rejuvenated clubhouse since the trade deadline. Well, and you mentioned the trade deadline. The Brewers obviously did what they did. And we've talked about that quite a bit here in Milwaukee. The Cardinals also made some moves. And Jordan Montgomery, his last time out looked phenomenal against the Yankees. Is he just going to continue to be that guy for the Cardinals as they improve their rotation by adding Montgomery and Quintana in there? Yeah, I was uh, even more impressed by Jordan Montgomery and his ability to go out there in his first start for a new club being unexpectedly traded at the deadline. Came against the club that traded him. But for me, while I think both Jose Quintana and Jordan Montgomery were great great trades by the Cardinals front office, I like what Montgomery brings to the rotation. This was a Cardinals rotation that was sorely missing the swing and miss factor. I mean, when Adam Wainwright is generating the most swing and miss of your rotation, that is usually a tell that uh, there is not a lot of chase and not a lot of whiff. But when you look at Montgomery, he's a left-handed pitcher, sinker ball guy. And those are two traits that St. Louis really covets. You've seen them with the same thing in Steven Matz, and they signed him, a left-handed sinker baller, to a four-year, $44 million contract this offseason. When you look at how Montgomery profiles, and you know this is what I think Cardinals are really excited about, he has a nearly 50% ground ball rate in 2022. That's a career high. The ground ball, especially the weak ground ball, plays really well at Bush Stadium. That tends to happen when you have an infield and outfield full of Gold Glove Award winners. His chase rate, that's in the 88th percentile. His whiff rate is in the 74th percentile. And his walk percentage, even more important, 91st percentile. So when you look at Jordan Montgomery, he checks all the boxes and I think has been a huge asset for the Cardinals and will be going forward. Well, and then looking at what the Cardinals have going forward here, talking with Katie Wu from The Athletic, the Brewers have a tough stretch coming up. They've got 13 games in a row in 13 days, seven of those come against the Dodgers. They've got this three against the Cardinals here and three against the Cubs. What do the Cardinals look like for the rest of their year with their schedule? Cardinals have one of the they had one of the easier second half schedules in MLB. Really, this series against the Brewers and the prior series against the Yankees were the only big ones. After this, they'll welcome the Rockies back to Bush Stadium. They'll go to Arizona for three days, and then they have five games in four days against the Cubs. They come back to Bush Stadium for a three-game set against Atlanta. That should be a tough one. And then it's pretty smooth sailing. But I do know, and I know the Cardinals are looking ahead at this too that there's a pivotal 10-day stretch for St. Louis in the end of September where they play on the road, San Diego, 
Los Angeles, and of course that two game set against Milwaukee. So right now, I think the Cardinals find themselves in a pivotal a pivotal place to take advantage of their strength of schedule. September is a little easier, but that's a grueling 10-game stretch to play towards the end of the regular season. Uh, Katie, Leroy Butler, I'm just fascinated about this team, how they've been able to, when uh, Goldsmith and another young man couldn't play when they went to Toronto and for three games, and they they were just watching the Brewers just kind of come back to the pack. But I'm just fascinated about the manager. What is he doing differently to keep this team together uh, throughout this last stretch? Well, what I think, the and this has been the premise about new manager Ollie Marmel for a while, is his ability to have honest conversations and his ability to mm-hmm. play the matchups. He's done this all year long. Cardinals have found themselves, and this has been a trait that has been different from seasons prior. They have the lineup flexibility and the position depth to create a a flow if you if you will of different positions defensively i mean that happens when you have they have paul de young back he's been resurgent since college being called back from the minors you have tommy edmund that can play really anywhere in the infield you have brendan donovan who can play the infield or the outfield and you have nolan gorman that can dh or play second base so ollie marmel's ability to implement different changes implement that fluid roster and that roster and lineup flexibility I think has really paid dividends. And then I think this is a clubhouse that's also just been rejuvenated by the front office's decisions. I mean, you look at what the Cardinals did and what the Brewers did the deadline, and I promise I won't beat this too much, but they kind of look like a club going in two different directions. I've asked multiple players what has shifted when it comes to the energy in the clubhouse, and they've all credited the trade deadline. You look at the Cardinals, and it was clear coming into August 2nd their most dire need was starting pitching. Um, but something that I think that has been a little bit understated has also been Yadier Molina's return to the lineup. I mean, he's been, he missed six weeks of writing inflammation. He came back, coincidentally enough, the same day as the trade deadline. So guys like Nolan Arenado, guys like Tyler O'Neill, guys like Adam Wainwright, of course, have credited the, the roster acquisitions. But they've also all said having Yadi back, just his presence, his ability to call a game and calm everyone down and lead has been huge. Yeah, it's been great to have Omar back. You're talking about Yachty. He was out there because he's a Hall of Famer. But Montgomery, uh, two left-handed pitchers, him and Eric Lahr tonight. A lot of left-handed pitchers. If you, Katie, if you were the manager, I asked Toby this, if you were the manager, would you do a lot of the old-school lefty and you put in a right-handed guy or you just let some of your left-handed best hitters, you just just let them play and don't even worry about the lineup? I think it depends on both the pitcher and the player. So, for example, when you look at a guy like Paul DeYoung, right-handed power bat, well, you could make the argument that late in the game, he's coming back from the minors, that he could be pinch hit for. Uh, The Cardinals won't do that, though, because they see Paul DeYoung as a complete player, and their belief is their best lineup has Paul DeYoung in it. If you have a younger guy like Nolan Gorman, perhaps, and you have an Albert Pujols, a right-handed hitter. Nolan Gorman is a left-handed power hitter. Albert Pujols is Albert Pujols. That's a situation where you would pinch hit. I think we've seen Ali Marmel kind of go the same way where he reads the scenario. He doesn't go necessarily off percentages or, you know, prior matchups. There's always a little bit of what does this instance, what is the scenario, what does this player, what does the situation call for? So if I was a manager, I would go a little bit along that way, not going overly confident in the matchups, but certainly using them when, when needed. Talking with Katie Wu from The Athletic here about the Cardinals and Brewers series coming up. What's been the general feel around the Cardinals? I know I kind of talked a little bit about this to start the interview, but here in Milwaukee, after that trade deadline, 
moves with ju- trading Josh Hader and all oh, that. Boy, Brewers yeah. fans have been down on him. Yeah. You could even tell inside the clubhouse. Was there an added confidence? You mentioned Yadi Molina coming back, but was there an added confidence by adding in and what the front office did by getting Montgomery and Quintana? Absolutely, because I think when you look at these two pitchers, again, it's about how they profile into the rotation. I thought at the deadline, Ollie Marmol said something really telling. He said, it's not about going to get guys at the deadline. It's about going in there and getting the right guys, and we got the right guys. Look at Quintana, 10 years in the big leagues, established veteran presence. He goes out there. He's no nonsense. I mean, he's started two games for the Cardinals, and they both look pretty good. Montgomery, too, he'll have a a pretty tough test against Eric Lauer, who's having a pretty commendable season as well. And uh, you also look at the things that they have coming along the way. I mean, there's still a chance that Stephen Matz, really unfortunate, tore his MCL and his first start back from the IL back in July. He did not need season-ending surgery. There is hope he can return by the end of the season. But the Cardinals are aiming to get a huge boost back in Jack Flaherty. He had his first rehab assignment in the minors for AAA Memphis yesterday. Uh, didn't the results stat wise not great four and runs pitched an inning on an inning plus on 35 pitches but the plan is for Jack Birdie to return to the rotation he's eligible to come off the 60 day IL on August 26th Cardinals are targeting a rough estimate of August 29th to August 31st as his first start back as a starter for the Cardinals I mean when you think about a guy like Jack Birdie who's really had a brutal season when it comes to injuries but the impact he can bring to a rotation, especially if healthy, that's a huge boost. And I think that's what the Cardinals are banking on now. They got the pieces they needed. They got their catcher back. And in their belief, they can only get stronger as the rest of the regular season goes on. Uh, Katie, uh, again, I want you to look at the Brewers from 36,000 feet. You know I get that, uh, Toby 36. <laughs> mm-hmm. Toby didn't get that, Katie. I know you did. <laughs> what do you think? Because ever since they moved Yellis to the leadoff, Everything has been pretty good. As a matter of fact, I think it kind of saved his season, really. He's been, I know he's at 259, but all of the other analytics numbers look pretty good. What do people nationally think about how the Brewers are? Because after that, after we, you, uh, you and Toby touched on it, it seemed like two franchises going in different directions, but the owner probably was thinking, I can't sign this guy, so I may as well move him. But what kind of team? Because the one in five stretch with against you know, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati just wasn't favorable there. What do you think the overall sense of what people are saying about the Brewers? I mean, I don't think you can rule out the Brewers in this division. We've said since April, since you know, since the, really the lockout ended, the yeah. NL Central is going to come down between the Cardinals and the Brewers. And yep. as advertised, as we enter a three-game series, the Cardinals are clinging to a half-game lead in the Central. I don't anticipate there to be much of a fluctuation in the standings between the two teams. I think Milwaukee, are you going to get the same National League MVP performance from Christian Yelich at this point? Probably not. What you can rely on are guys like Willie Adonis and Rowdy Telez, who have really, I think, come yeah. to their, found their own. They've really solidified themselves in the middle of that Brewers lineup to make it a little bit more longer. Brewers can still pitch. I don't think that rotation is as lethal as last year, but the Cardinals have had a huge Corbin Burns problem. Uh, probably makes them feel a little bit better that he'll go against Adam Wainwright tomorrow. But when you look at the Brewers and look at the Cardinals, they're pretty evenly matched. I do think the Cardinals' offense has a little bit more to their favor. You look, I'm looking at the run differential right now. Cardinals have a plus 75, Brewers have a plus 39. But as we know, guys, it really just comes down to who gets caught at the right time. These teams are so evenly matched. I really do think it's going to come down to the last couple weeks of the regular season. And uh, it's going to take a lot from both parts of the order. We're talking again about Adonis and Telez and Goldschmidt and Arenado to really pull through in this final week. 
Real quickly, I got two questions I'll ask him as one here. Looking at this division, obviously, like you mentioned, it's going to come down to Cardinals and Brewers. Do you think that there's any chance that they could get, if the other team that doesn't win the division could get that third wild card spot? And then lastly, if you had to pick right now who you think at the end of the year is winning this division, are you taking the Cardinals? Good question. I've said, I actually went on a podcast yesterday and I came to the conclusion that I don't think that you can bank on a wild card spot if you don't win the NL Central. I think there is a good chance if you don't win the division, you don't get in, even with the extended playoffs, because you look at what's happening in the NL West, right? We talked about the Cardinals having a Corbin Burns problem. Well, the San Diego Padres have a Los Angeles Dodgers problem, <laughs> but that Padres team is much too talented and they spent much too money to not make the playoffs. You look at the NL East, the Mets look to be running away with that division, but you can't count out Atlanta and Philadelphia. There's a chance those two could sneak in and essentially rob the Central of a wild card spot. So I think that even heightens the pressure to win the division. I'm not sure if I can definitively say a team, if I'm going off feel alone right now, it certainly feels like the Cardinals have momentum, but gentlemen, there are so many games left still. Uh, I will lean advantage Cardinals, but that is only on the premise that their starting pitching holds up and it's healthy. We've seen this Cardinals team when they do not have solid, consistent starting pitching and it, it hinders them completely. So my, my, Faith prediction is that we cannot definitively predict the division until the last few games of the season. <laughs> yeah, I think that's about right. Katie, appreciate the time. We appreciate your great work over at The Athletic. Guys, thanks so much. Enjoy the series.